Welcome to Staying the Course. Join us as we navigate the uncompromised Word of God with Pastor Brett Peterson. We're going to continue our study line by line, verse by verse, through the book of Exodus. And last week, who remembers what we talked about? The first plague, the blood, right? Now, it's really interesting. The first plague, the first miracle that God did through Moses was turning water into blood. Christ's first miracle was, remember, turning water into wine. And we talked about the significance of that. We have been going through the plagues. There's 10 plagues. They're in Exodus chapter 7, verse 14, through chapter 12, verse 36. And we've covered the plagues, their meanings, how they related to the gods of Egypt, and how it was God demonstrating his power against the false gods. This morning, we're going to really talk about why the plagues occurred. And we do know this, that the plagues, all of them, God directed Moses and Aaron to talk to Pharaoh. Say, Pharaoh, let my people go or else. And the, thus the ten plagues. Every time Pharaoh hardened his heart, he wouldn't let the people go. Several times, Pharaoh did what? Even with the frogs, the next plague, he said, man, I, I repent. I'll let you guys go. Just get rid of these frogs. As soon as the frogs were gotten rid of, what did he do again? Hardened his heart again. He would not let the people go. And then Pharaoh, all of a sudden, at the very last plague, finally lets the children of Israel go. But this morning, it is a direct result of Pharaoh's hard heart that God uh, had to do the plagues. Do you know many Christians today have a heart just like Pharaoh's? You ever have a hard heart? You ever meet someone with a hard heart? You know, you know when you have a hard heart. First of all, you can't enjoy anything. Everything you do doesn't bring pleasure. You used to have fun at the movies. Now you go to the movies, no fun. You used to have fun at the beach. Now you go to the beach, it's nothing. You have this cloud over you, this hardness and callous of your heart. Pharaoh's hard heart, let's just go through a few examples. Exodus chapter 9, verse 27. And it says this, Then Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron and said to them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is the righteous one, and I and my people are the wicked ones. Can you imagine Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, finally getting on his knees probably and saying, we're the wicked people. Make supplication to the Lord and remember all capital Lord is Yahweh for there has been enough of God's thunder and hail. I will let you go and you shall stay no longer. But you skip down to verse 34 and what happened to Pharaoh's heart. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunder had ceased, he sinned again and hardened his heart, he and his servants. You ever bargain with God? You know, I can remember one time I was very sick. Have you ever been so sick you thought you were going to die? I mean, literally, I thought, this is it. I am going to die. And I began to bargain with God. Oh, God, if you heal me, 
man, I will do this, I will do that, I will, man, I'm going to be the best Christian you have ever met in your life if you would just heal me. I get healed, and what do I do? I really didn't mean that, you know. I, I, man, I'm not going to do all of that. I, I would be perfect, and then your Bible would be wrong because it says we're all sinners, and you don't want me to be perfect because I, I would be sinless. You see, we are just as guilty as Pharaoh of hardening our hearts. You know, I really believe that the Bible is true when it says a broken and contrite heart, the Lord does what? Oh, he doesn't despise it. It is in humility and repentance that God envelops us in his love and his grace and his mercy. But the minute our hearts are hard, do you think pride has something to do with it? You know, think about Satan. He watched God speak the universe into existence. The angels were created prior to the creation of this temporal creation. So he watched God do all these miracles, all these things. But still, Satan's heart became so calloused and hard that he said, I want glory myself. I'm going to ascend my throne equal with yours. He didn't say above yours. He said equal. Pride had something to do with that. And most people that have a hard heart, pride is involved. Usually their life and everything they do revolves around what they get, all about them, and it's not about anybody else. This morning as I prepared this sermon, we were going to go through all four chapters of the plagues, but they all say the same thing minus the different plagues. And so this morning as I prayed, God really said, it's all about Pharaoh's hard heart. That's the message. Exodus chapter 10, verse 3, you can skip there if you want. Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, How long will you refuse to humble yourself? What's humility? Strength under control. It is now humbling yourself, preferring other people more than you, and keeping yourself under control or God's control. Let my people go that they may serve me. The plague came and Pharaoh did this, Exodus 10, 16. Then Pharaoh hurriedly called for Moses and Aaron and said, I've sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now, therefore, please forgive my sin. Do you think Pharaoh's repentant here? You know, at least he's verbalizing repentance, but so many Christians do the same thing. They sin, oh, Lord, forgive me, cleanse me. And they go right out and do it again and again and again, and their heart becomes calloused and hard before a holy God. Please forgive my sin only this once and make supplication to the Lord your God that he would remove this death from me. After the nine plagues, Pharaoh's heart was still hard. In fact, Exodus 10, 28, then Pharaoh said to him, get away from me, Beware that I do not see your face again, for in the day I see your face, you will surely die. Finally, Pharaoh says, you know what, Moses? I'm done. Nine plagues were too much. Man, if I see your face again, I'm going to kill you. Moses said what? Hey, surely you're right. You will never see my face again. Because one plague remained, and we're going to talk about that in depth next week, and that's Passover. And I believe it's important because communion, the first really or last sacrament instituted by Christ, 
is the Passover meal. It is an extremely important feast. The last plague we're going to cover next week. Finally, Pharaoh will let uh, Israel go. But from start to finish, the plagues took about 40 days. We established that a few weeks ago. We calculated, and some of the plagues, it doesn't say how long they lasted, but 40 days. Do you remember the significance of 40 days? A lot of things happened in the Bible in 40 days or 40 years or the number 40. There were 40 years of wandering in the desert, 40 days of rain in Noah's flood. Goliath tormented Israel for 40 days before Yahweh helped David kill him. Yeah, and Yahweh gave Nineveh 40 days to repent or be restored. Remember Jonah's message to Nineveh? Did he even ask him to repent? No, he just said in 40 days, God's going to wipe you out. What did the Ninevites do? They repented. Yeah, they didn't even need to be asked because they realized there was a God in heaven. Moses was with God on the mountain twice for 40 days. The spies searched the land of Canaan for 40 days. Ezra laid on his side for 40 days as a sign. Remember, as a sign to Israel. Man, God made prophets do some weird stuff. <laughs> 40 people wrote the Bible. More 40s. Ezekiel bore the iniquity of the house of Judah for 40 days. Elijah had one meal that gave him strength for 40 days. 1 Kings 19.8. Jesus was tempted for 40 days. Jesus fasted for 40 days. Jesus remained on the earth 40 days after the resurrection ministering to the apostles. Do you think 40 days are important in God's economy? You know, I really believe Christians today, myself included, have become complacent in their walk with the Lord. It has been just an activity to do Sunday morning, and the rest of the week you live as though God does not exist. Our hearts have become hard like Pharaoh's. And this morning God is calling this church and all of us as individuals Man, to come before God for 40 days. And we're going to do just that. And I'm about to explain what we're going to do. You know, women are pregnant for 40 weeks. Isn't that cool? Full term, 40 weeks. I believe a lot can be done in 40 days. Habits can be created. You can get rid of habits in 40 days. Whatever sin is entangling you in 40 days by the power of the Holy Spirit, you can be delivered. And all of this, the 40 days of plagues, Pharaoh's hardened heart was so that Israel could be set free. I don't know about you, but I want to be free. Do you want to be free? You know the greatest thing about serving God? It means that you are not enslaved to anything or anyone. Think about that for a moment. That nothing can enslave you. Not any drug, not any pursuit, not any hobby, nothing can enslave you when you're a servant of God. You are truly free. You know, there's something to living a holy life. Have you ever tried it? No, but believe it or not, many Christians do not try to live holy. You see, they know God's grace, they know God's mercy, and they live in sin thinking that His grace and mercy are sufficient. But Paul says, shall we go on sinning that grace may abound? May it never be. 
I don't preach hellfire and brimstone too much, but God so put this message on my heart this morning for all of us, for the church corporate, for those watching online, I can assure you the church needs to repent and the church needs revival. I need revival. I need to get carried away. I get carried away. That's a revival song, guys. That was good. You know, 40 is mentioned about 146 times in Scripture, usually symbolizes testing, trial, probation, or preparation. And so as I prayed about the message this morning, I don't think I've ever done a 40-day event. And I know many churches do, you know, 40 days of purpose, 40 days in the Word, 40 days of prayer. Uh, I forget all the ones uh, that, that they do, but there's a lot. But today, Pharaoh's heart was finally softened in 40 days. Israel went from being slaves to being free in 40 days from the initiation of the first plague. I want to ask you a question. What do you think you could accomplish in 40 days? What do you think you could do in 40 days that would significantly impact the rest of your life? What bitterness could you be delivered from in 40 days? What hurt that someone has hurt you could you be set free from in 40 days? What habit could you get rid of in 40 days? What good habits could you establish in 40 days? I want to call it 40 days to freedom. And I'm going to call this church and all of us in it to spend the next 40 days starting tomorrow, October 26th through December 4th, in getting right with God. Now, only you know what that means. All of us need to grow. If you think you're already there, believe me, you've got more growth to do than most of us. Because God honors a broken and contrite heart. I, I want you to know right now, if you feel convicted of any sin that you've ever committed, if that conviction is still there, guess what? God says, man, a broken heart, I do not despise. I love you. You see, that's the Holy Spirit that makes you feel that. Man, in 40 days, think about the changes you could make in your marriage, in your relationship with your parents or your children, in your relationship with your friends if you're single. In 40 days, think about how you could change your life. Man, what if you ate right, exercised, prayed every morning, and stop doing habitual sin for 40 days. I can assure you, you are going to feel incredible. Man, you're going to be walking around with the joy of the Lord, the fruit of the Spirit, like you've never had it before, and the strength that only God provides. In 40 days, wow, you could be a changed person. I don't know about you, but I want to do it. I'm going to fast, not 40 days, but in the midst of the 40 days, I will fast. I would encourage you, do a meal, do a day, do seven days. Man, if you can do 10, do 10 days. Something about fasting, by the way, day three, you're dying. First day is hard, duh, believe me. Second day is harder. Third day, literally, I've said it before, I literally can feel my toes crying out for food. You know, I can feel them. They're like yelling at me and, and you know, feed us. We're going to die. You know? <laughs> Day four, something happens. You go into what's called ketosis. You ever hear that term? 
that's where your body begins to burn fat. And you begin to burn all your fat reserves. And as you do, by the way, that's perfect food. There, there's a reason why you store up fat. It's so during times of fasting or times of struggle, you can sustain yourself. All of a sudden, day four, day five, all your senses become really acute. Have you ever done it? That, I mean, you can smell a hamburger being barbecued a block away. No, seriously. I mean, it's like, oh man, someone's barbecuing. You know, when I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm walking the dogs, and wow, this was a long ways away. How did I smell it? Your eyesight gets more in tune. Your hearing gets more acute. Why? Because your body is going into survival mode. More than that, spiritually, you begin to be more attuned to the voice of the Lord. As you fast, all of a sudden, that silence that you've felt from God, like He's not talking to you, like He no longer loves you because you failed too many times, as you fast, I can tell you, all of a sudden, man, His Word comes alive. The Holy Spirit now is able to speak to your heart and Every time you get hungry while you're fasting, you got to stop and pray and, and think about a scripture. Just put it on your phone or something. Meditate on the, on the word and pray. During this 40 days, I want to challenge you every morning, start your day in the word and prayer. Start your day in the word and prayer. You husbands, text your wives a verse that they can read. You don't have to read chapters. You know, just one significant verse that God put on your heart. Text your wives, text your kids a verse that they can read. Let them know you're praying for them. If you have the opportunity, pray with your family every morning. Every night around the dinner table, I would encourage you during these 40 days, do family dinner. You know, it's hard in this day and age. I know families rarely get together and have a meal. But man, during this 40 days, get together. Pray for one another. Have a meal together. Spend time together. Let God transform your household and fill it with peace during this 40 days. Hebrews chapter 3, starting at verse 7. Why don't we turn there? I think this is significant because it talks about the hardness of some people's heart and an appeal not to have a hard heart. Hebrews chapter 7. Or, I'm sorry, Hebrews chapter 3, starting at verse 7. And it says this, Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, where their fathers tried me by testing me and saw my works for 40 years. Therefore, I was angry with their generation and said, they always go astray in their heart. Do you ever do that? You know, it's interesting as, as a pastor, most of my sin is in here, not practiced out here. Does that make sense? It's usually a heart issue. Man, they always go astray in their heart and they did not know my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brethren, that there not be in any one of you an evil and unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. 
but encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Verse 14, For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end, while it is said, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as when they provoked me. For who provoked him when they had heard? Indeed, did not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned, whose bodies fell or died in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that we were not able to enter because of unbelief. Oh, but therefore, chapter 4, verse 1, let us fear if while promises remaining of entering his rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. For indeed, we have had good news preached to us, just as they also, but the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not united by faith for those who heard. For we who have believed enter that rest. In 40 days, the grief that you've been facing in life, the anxiety, the fear, the frustration, the anger, whatever it is, take this 40 days and get right with God. You will be transformed. You will have His life-giving Spirit flow into you and give you peace in an amazing, amazing way. Today is the day to get right. Today, if you hear God's voice, do not harden your heart. I know this is a simple message. It's a strange message. It's going to be a short message. It's a hard message. But I do know it's a message for us or maybe many watching online. Jeremiah chapter 18, starting at verse 11, says, So now then, speak to the men of Judah and against the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am fashioning calamity against you and devising a plan against you. Oh, turn back each one of you from his evil way and reform your ways and your deeds. Do you know in Hebrews we're told that God disciplines who? Sinners out in the world? No, those he loves. His true children. I don't know about you, but I've experienced the discipline of the Lord. And it is, (laughs) it's deep. It's like the plagues. I don't want that. I never want that. And God is calling us. Continue on to verse 12. But they will say it's hopeless. Please don't do this. For we are going to follow our own plans. Each of us will act according to the stubbornness of his evil heart. And so many Christians will do that. And some of you here might even be uh, contemplating this message and saying, I'm going to keep doing what I always do. I beseech you, King James, please, please run to the Lord. Repent and turn from sin. Romans chapter 2 verse 4, Or do you think lightly of the riches of His kindness and tolerance and patience, knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? And folks, He will be kind and woo you and love you and shower you with blessing even in the midst of habitual sin, but at some point, 
as a father, he will discipline you just like you discipline your kids. Today is the day to get right with God. Verse five, but because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourselves in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. These next 40 days, starting tomorrow, I want you to work on whatever it takes to turn from a hard heart and to turn to a loving God. I want you to pray together as a family. I want you to read and reread Ephesians starting at chapter 4 all the way through Philippians chapter 4. I want you to think about the instruction that Paul gives the church at Ephesus and the church at Philippi because that's the instruction that we need today. Ephesians 4.17, why don't we just turn there? Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Do you say go eat popcorn or General Electric Power Company? That's how you can remember them, right? <laughs> Ephesians. Chapter 4, verse 17. So this I say, and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their minds, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of what? Their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality and the practice of every kind of impurity and greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. In these next 40 days, God wants to do a renewal in you. And put on a new self, which is in the likeness of God. Let me ask you a question before I go on. Have you ever lived a whole day without committing any real bad sin? Think about it. Have you ever gone one day without committing a real bad sin? And I know some of you are thinking, hey, all sin is sin, but you know what I'm talking about. The bad sins, right? You go a whole day. How do you feel? Oh, man, you're feeling good. Oh, you're walking with God. You feel close to God. There's no condemnation. In Romans chapter 8, it says there's no condemnation. Therefore, for those who are in Jesus Christ, every time you sin, guess what? You run to the Lord, you repent, and it's paid for, it's cleansed. It's just as if it never occurred. So in these 40 days, Believe it or not, you're going to sin. <laughs> Do not let the enemy bring condemnation when you fall. But take these 40 days to do everything you can to live a holy life before God. 40 days. 40 days. Continue on. Verse 25. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, Speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your angry, anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals, 
must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands what is good, so that he will have something to share with the one in need. Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth. For 40 days, stop cussing. <laughs> you guys are like, oh, we don't cuss. Come on. Uh, can I, I'm still going to say shock at pizza. I, I'm just, that's my cuss word. I, you know, I have to say it. You know, I hit my thumb, shock at pizza. Yeah, it's kind of fun. And it makes me hungry. I hope I don't do that when I'm fasting because I might have to eat. Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth. What if you, to your spouse, to your boyfriend, to your girlfriend, to your friends, to your children, to your parents, everything you said for the next 40 days was uplifting, positive, and loving. Think about it. Would it change your marriage? Would it change your relationship? For the next 40 days, I'm, I, I challenge you. Don't say anything negative. Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, verse 29, but only such a word that is good for edification, to build up according to the need of the moment so that it will give grace to those who hear. Verse 30, saints of God, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You ever grieved? You ever felt deep grief? I mean, extreme grief. Hurt that is so horrible that death seems better than life. You know, here we grieve the Holy Spirit every time we harden our heart against God. Every time we harden our heart against God or we ignore God, the Spirit of God within us, and we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, is grieved to His core. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each, each other, just as God in Christ also forgave you. This 40 days, read Ephesians chapter 4 all the way through, keep going to the right, the rest of Ephesians, all the way to Philippians chapter 4. Because in Philippians chapter 4, man, I love this text. There's some more instruction. In Philippians 4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord when you feel good. <laughs> Rejoice in the Lord when everything's going good. Rejoice in the Lord when the pastor is calling you to holiness. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. That's why uh, Ross and I wore cowboy boots today. Because I knew my toes were going to get stepped on by this message. Now, I think Ross got a new cowboy hat and just wanted to show it off. Did you? That's cool, man. I like it. Put it on a second. There you go. Yeehaw, man. Okay, that's, that's right. <laughs> Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice. And literally the word in the Greek is go on rejoicing in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, 
but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that surpasses all comprehension will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, for the next 40 days, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there is any excellence in anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. During these next 40 days, let the meditation of your heart be about the goodness of God, not his judgment. You see, we want to serve and please God because he loves us. It's out of love, not out of legalism, that we run to the Lord in service. So, how's your heart this morning? How's your heart? Is it right before God? Proverbs chapter 4, it says this, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. There's another translation. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. I don't know where you're at with God. I don't know where your heart is. But I do know this. When you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, he blesses you. He meets your needs. But when your heart goes astray, all he can do is pull back and let you fall. He won't make you come back to him. In fact, we already read it. It's his kindness that leads us to repentance. So 40 days to freedom. Turn to Psalm 51. We know David. He was a great sinner, wasn't he? Have you sinned as much as David? I doubt it. Turn to uh, Psalm 51. And we know David looked on his roof over at a female taking a bath, Bathsheba. It's funny, her name is, has bath in it. You know, <laughs> Bathsheba was taking a bath. Uh, maybe it was Sheba and they just added bath. I don't know. But he looked over there and said, I want her. And he had his servants go get her, and he committed adultery with her, and then he killed her husband so no one would find out. David was finally convicted of that sin, and here's how he repented. Be gracious to me, O God, Psalm 51, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgression. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before you against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you are justified when you speak and blameless when you judge behold I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me behold you desire truth in the innermost being and in the hidden part you will make me know wisdom Purify me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. It's interesting next week when we get into the Passover. What they wipe the blood on the doorsteps 
uh, the, the man with hyssop. In fact, hyssop was used as a cleansing tool throughout the uh, feasts and festivals and sacrifices of Judaism. Hyssop is kind of in the mint family. You ever hear of it? It's kind of a, a taller thing, and you can bunch it and use it as a brush to sprinkle water. And so when they finally rebuild their temple in these last days, they, they will use hyssop to cleanse the temple mount uh, with ashes of the red heifer and water from the pool of Shalom. It's really interesting. Oh, cleanse me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. And here's the key. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and sustain me with a willing spirit. This 40 days, God wants to do just that. He wants to restore the joy of your salvation. He wants you to grow in your walk with him. If you've felt stagnant, if you haven't been growing, these 40 days are the time to get right, to allow God to soften your heart, to fast, to pray, and to prepare. As I prayed about this, the preparation, I'm not sure what that's for, but I felt, get organized in your life. Take these 40 days. What's in disarray and disorder? Get it organized in these 40 days. Just take it small bites at a time. If it's your house, hey, Take one drawer at a time. You got 40 days. That's a long time. You can do it in 40 days. If it's your thought life, man, get right. If it's your heart, allow God to soften it. 40 days to allow God to heal your marriage, heal your relationships, restore your joy, refresh your soul, set you free from sin, get your life back on course, and to renew your vision, your call, and your purpose. I know this sermon is not the typical kind of sermon I preach. In fact, it, it's, I argued with God about preaching it last night. But I do know this. This is from the Lord. And these 40 days are important. This isn't a flippant thing. You can just say, yeah, 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 his grace is sufficient. I'm just going to harden my heart and keep living the way I live. No, it's time to change. It's time to grow. It's time to get right. It's time to prepare for what? I don't know. Hey, maybe it's, hey, get your uh, stuff in order in case a major earthquake comes. You need water. You need food. You need, how am I going to take care of my family if something happens? It's time to prepare your life for whatever comes in the year ahead. True joy comes from obeying God. Acts chapter 3, verse 19, it says, Therefore repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away. I love that. In order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Forty days of renewal, 
revival, refreshing in your heart. 40 days. Some of you, I know, you're thinking, well, why are you doing this with harvest coming up? I, I eat a lot of candy. Well, go ahead and eat the candy. That's okay. Unless that's the sin God's calling you from. <laughs> Could candy be a sin? When I was a kid, uh, I think uh, I, I'm a lot like Liam. Uh, you know, I, I, would, I would eat candy like I, I would sneak it. I would, you know, oh, man, I found ways to uh, I could sh share with you ways on how to open a seized candy package without no one knowing it and take candy out and then spread it around so it looks like nothing's missing. <laughs> oh, man, all kinds of stuff. Really good stuff. We need to realize the joy of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I need refreshed and, and I need to be filled with joy. The political scene, the world scene, the darkness of this world, yeah, it, it draws a lot of Christians down. This morning, I want to focus on the good things of the Lord. I want to see God's hand move in a powerful way in your lives, in your homes. Man, I so desire that you would have that closeness with God. That joy that only comes from Him and the fruit of His Holy Spirit in your life. That is my big prayer. That is all I know that God wants for us. Because when we know Christ, it brings life and laughter and love and rejoicing. It restores that in our heart. That childlike faith is renewed and all of a sudden the joy of the Lord floods us and fills us again and life becomes fun again. So pastor, you've been talking about repentance and all this hard stuff and now you're talking about fun? Yeah, because when you get right with God, man, things, blessings, everything starts coming back to you. We read this last week and a couple of months ago, but I wanted to read it again, Zephaniah, just because I like that name. Chapter 3, verse 14 and 17. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord your God is in your midst. He's a mighty warrior. He's a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. God will do that. When? When you stop hardening your heart and just have a broken, contrite, soft heart and come before a holy God. God himself will sing over you. I don't know about you, but I would love to hear that. <laughs> you know what I mean? God himself, rejoice in the Lord always. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Then he said, go your way, eat the fat, drink the wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready. For this day is holy. Speaking of Passover to our Lord, and do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you feel weak, if you feel beat up, if emotionally you just can't go on, this morning God wants to give you strength. Man, 40 days, we are all going to be different people. You know, Moses, after 40 days with the Lord, he came down off the mountain. What happened? He glowed. Remember that? He was glowing with the glory of God. 
I want you guys to glow. <laughs> I would love that. We could turn the lights out and we'd just be like, then I could wear sunglasses up here because uh, no, I wouldn't do that. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Joy and celebration are at the very heart of God. 40 days to freedom. Freedom from depression. Freedom from having no hope. Freedom from anxiety and worry and frustration and anger. Freedom from a marriage that's falling apart. Freedom from relationships that are dissolving and freedom from sin and whatever else enslaves you. Ephesians 4 through Philippians chapter 4. Read that during these 40 days. Read it repeatedly. Go through it. Man, I would encourage you, journal what the Holy Spirit speaks to you. As you're reading, it's like, I need to do that. Journal it down. Lord, help me to do this. Ask God to help you. He will. He desires children that love Him, that want to please Him out of love, not legalism. That's what this is all about. Pray about everything. Meditate on good things. We just read this in Philippians. And you will find peace, and God will guard your heart and your mind because He loves you. 40 days to freedom. October 26th through December 4th. Oh, even during Thanksgiving. I, you know what? If, if you start doing this now, Thanksgiving will be the most joyous Thanksgiving you've ever had. Sand restores my soul, satisfies my need. Thank you for listening to Staying the Course with Pastor Brett Peterson. If you would like a copy of this message or would like to submit a prayer request or comment, Contact us at 949-888-5777 or email us at info at ccbcu.edu. God bless you as you seek and serve him. Remember, stay the course, and we'll see you next week. Satisfies my needs